We are rocking and rolling everywhere. Everywhere we rock and roll. Everywhere we rock and roll. There we go. We're smiling for the thumbnail. I know. I got to freeze this smile. Hold on, company. There. All right. I froze it. I hope it got picked up right. Hello, Comedy Schools Radio Network.com listeners. I had to freeze my smile for uh, the YouTube thumbnail. They make you do a thumbnail. So uh, whether you want to or not. So we're live on Comedy Schools Radio Network.com. We are going live on YouTube. And ta-da! We are now live <coughs> on Facebook Live. Not one, not two, but three. Trace. Three, two, one ways to be able to access this little uh, program. You can pick us up on Comedy Schools Radio Network.com, YouTube Comedy Schools Channel, and Facebook Live. You are listening to and or watching to watching Living on a Thin Line. And I'm Tony Visick. This is your daily diversion from all the hoopla, anxiety, insanity, and silliness that is uh, swirling about us in the outside world. This is where we take a break from the day and think about something other than what we've been thinking about all goddamn day. So uh, I'm glad to be with you. I'm going to be with you for the next uh, 30 entire minutes. We figured it's, you know, I'm trying to figure out what's going on here light-wise. So um, it's something about the way the light comes through the uh, window there. See, because when I do this, I actually look a little brighter, but then it looks weird because there's a hand there. Ah, well, the vagaries of uh, technical issues during a uh, technically challenging time. Uh, this is the Friday show. Hello, Champ de Blasio. Good to see you. Um, if you've been listening before, you know that we're on every day at 2 p.m. And this is now episode 51, episode 51 of Living on a Thin Line. Uh, we started doing this shortly after quarantine began. Uh, and it was uh, recommended to us by a guy. He said, you should do this every day. And um, for some reason, I was open. I said, I'm open to what the universe has to tell me. And the universe said, do this. So it gives Shirley and I, it's given us something to build our day around. Because uh, when this first happened, I was just looking over uh, the last couple months today. I was just looking over it. I was looking over it uh, financially, administratively, work-wise, and realizing what a uh, uh, frightening time, and still is a very concerning time. But what a frightening time those first couple of weeks were, as we were all trying to figure out how to function uh, under these circumstances. Uh, they're opening some things up around the country, whether that'll be good or bad, um, uh, we will, only time will tell. Uh, we are betwixt and between, are we not? Uh, staying on some sort of long-term permanent lockdown until the virus is eradicated, if at all, or going back out in the world and taking our chances. And it's a, a Faustian bargain that all of us are gonna have to make, um, but if we all move forward in good faith with uh, decency and kindness, I think we'll get through it. Hello, Lily. Lily, I want to ask you, my brother's, uh, I'm going to say girlfriend right now, okay? But Lily, can I announce here on the show, you and Jerry called me yesterday on the phone, Jerry being my brother Jerry, uh, called me on the phone and gave me a uh, piece of information that I would like to share here on camera. Uh, I'd like to share here on the show, and but I'm going to need your permission I don't need both their permission. I just need hers. That's all I need. When you start thinking about it, you know, it's, you know how it works. My uh, producer happens to be my wife, Shirley Lovisic, said, in order to make this announcement, I need both her and Jerry's permission. 
But no, all he needs is lilies. But uh, she hasn't responded right now. We'll move on. Uh, if you've watched this show before, and I hope you have, and I hope you tell your friends, your neighbors, your pals, I hope you shout it from the rooftops. I hope you tell strangers about it. Uh, we've built the show around three things, and that is interacting with you as you send us messages on Facebook Live or on YouTube uh, or on ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com where we converse with you in that fashion. And also showing you some knickknacks, mementos, autographed things that I have found here around my office uh, so we got something to talk about. And then sharing uh, two vinyl albums uh, out of my vast vinyl album collection. I did not realize how vast it was till uh, I started going through it. You know, when you got all these albums stacked up against one another, uh, there's a lot more wonderful, powerful music and magic sitting on those shelves than the space they take up. And uh, we've got a boatload of records here for you. Uh, let me see what else I got here. Aaron Mastrani's watching uh, yeah, we, so uh, I got a vast vinyl collection and I share with you every day two of the albums and then I recommend the artist. The idea being if maybe you liked them in the past and you've forgotten about them and maybe you should reacquaint yourself with them. Maybe when they were popular in the past or when they were active in the past, you didn't listen to them and now you got a chance to go back and check them out. That's going to be the case with a couple of these uh, recordings today. Or you've never heard of them before. And we're going to give you something new to explore. Uh, as I got older, I started uh, exploring more. Uh, that's how I got into Frank Sinatra when I was older. And then how I got into uh, 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 really early jazz, really early blues, stuff that was way before my time. And began to explore and go, oh, this is wonderful. Kevin Brown, <clears throat> very funny guy. He was on last Sunday's uh, Tony Vizic Presents. Uh, is with us right now, and we want to congratulate our good friend, Kevin Brown. Two people have called me in the last couple of days. Two people have called me in the last couple of days with like really, really, really uh, uh, happy news. So, and I know I can share Kevin Brown's. And Kevin is um, that he has now officially graduated from ASU. Let's give him a hand. Hey, Kevin. Kevin's a, a class guy. I know that he did a, uh, unfortunately for the uh, class of 2020, they did not get to do the entire walk, cap and gown thing, you know, all be together at the, uh, at the stadium for the graduation. I've been to those graduations. I saw Barack Obama speak at one many years ago. Um, and I saw Alice Cooper was like the band at their graduation. Alice Cooper was their band and Barack Obama spoke. Or some such. I know I saw Alice Cooper and Barack Obama. No, I did not go to yours. I didn't know you then. I did not know uh, my wife when she graduated from college. But if I had, man, I'd have taken a swing at that. I'll tell you that right now. Um, anyway, uh, congratulations to Kevin Brown. And we'd like to congratulate Jerry and Lily on something, but they have not given us uh, permission to do so. So uh, let's see if I, got, if I do have Jerry's permission. Nope, 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 nope. All right, okay. So um, the other thing that we built around, the extra thing we're doing is we're closing in on it. We're making a list of the 10 coolest people who uh, have ever existed. And we've got seven, seven on there right now. Miles Davis, Keith Richards, James Dean, Frank Sinatra, Steve McQueen, Prince, and Humphrey Bogart. And I've decided, okay, it's Friday, and Friday is Tony Gets to Make a Decision Day, that I'm going to pick one other one to move over, which will bring us to eight. Okay, and I'm trying to decide between, and it's, this is going to be the decision, between these two, Dean Martin, Jack Nicholson. 
Well, because then I've only got one slot left. Okay? Now, Dean Martin is almost seems like a natural because he is from that whole uh, Rat Pack thing. As a matter of fact, was an important part of the Rat Pack. So Dean Martin seems just like a natural. If uh, Frank's on it, then Dean should be, have to be on it. You know? Maybe Sammy. It's not Joey Bishop. Not Peter Lawford. No way, Peter Lawford. Uh, but then Nicholson... Nicholson, who almost was the, the heir to Bogart. Uh, I watched Chinatown again the other night. Chinatown's an incredible film. If you have never seen it, go back and watch it. It was made in the 70s about Los Angeles in the 30s. And it is a film noir. It's a modern version of what was a popular type of movie in the 1940s. And Nicholson is stunning in it. John Huston, the great director who directed Humphrey Bogart in The Maltese Falcon, uh, plays an important part in that movie along with Faye Dunaway at her most beautiful and vibrant. Uh, Nicholson has always been cool. Always been cool. With the sunglasses and the killer smile and the unflappable attitude and the films that he made, which have always been iconic. We got to go, ladies and gentlemen. <coughs> excuse me. Going on the list. Going on the list. Nicholson. Okay. All right. So there we go. So, Jack Nicholson, so now we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight people on our list of coolest people ever. They are going number eight, Jack Nicholson, seven, Humphrey Bogart, six, Prince, uh, four, Frank Sinatra, three, James Dean, two, Keith Richards, number one, Miles Davis. We have two to go. I'm going to tell you who's on the maybe list, but then I'm going to move on because I don't want the whole show to be about that. Although you can vote. You can go, I vote for that guy, I vote for that guy. But I'm also closing off. The maybe list. We got enough people on the maybe list. So uh, Dean Martin is still on the maybe list. Sean Connery, Charles Brunson, Billy Holiday, Muhammad Ali, Elvis, uh, my brother Jerry, myself, Buddy Rich, Richard Pryor, John Kennedy, Bruce Lee, Samuel Jackson, Chuck Norris, uh, Denzel Washington, anybody who played in a James Bond movie, meaning James Bond, played James Bond, not just in a movie, Lauren Bacall, Sidney Poitier, Tina Turner, Catherine Hepburn, Lenny Bruce and Bob Dylan. So that's who's on the maybe list, and you can vote for them. You can vote anytime. You can just, even when the show's over, you can go back and comment on the video later on. Uh, all right, what mementos do we have? Shirley told me about a box that she found somewhere in the other room and got it out, and I dug through it, and I'm just going to show these to you uh, real quick because uh, this is from a fine time for me. As you go back and you look at fine times, there's one, there's the other. Uh, here's another one. There we go. All right. Uh, there's just a bunch of these. What am I showing you, ladies and gentlemen? Of course, I am showing you sports tickets. That's what I'm showing you. Sports tickets. All right. Each and every one of them, by the way, are tickets to see the Los Angeles Clippers. And almost all of these come from around 2004. They featured the coach at the time, Mike Dunleavy. Uh, yeah, this is the 2004. This is a, they're all 2004s. Quentin Richardson. There's Dunleavy again. Here's one where they played the Nuggets. And this, uh, oh, I'd love to see uh, 2001. I think this, ladies and gentlemen, I think this ticket, yes, yes, this ticket right here, the first time I ever took my daughter to see a professional basketball game was to see the Los Angeles Clippers all right, Monday, March 5th, 2001 at 7.30 p.m., and we saw the Denver Nuggets, and I saw them with the very funny comic, by the way. If you don't know this comic, you got to check him out. Rich Scheidner, uh, YouTube him, Google him, 
great funny stuff. And also has a great show he's doing right now called The History of Stand-Up Comedy. Uh, his two daughters and uh, my daughter and I went to see the Denver Nuggets play the Los Angeles Clippers. We sat in premier seats. They were only 25 bucks. The Clippers were always such a bad team back then that you could get seats for like nothing. But from that day forward, going to see the Clippers, and you could tell just from these 2004 tickets, I'm trying to pick them up here without wrecking the entire studio, uh, from seeing all of these, that we went to a lot of Clipper games, and that became... So I got a little piece of advice for you. If you're a father and you got young kids, and right now, and right now, uh, it's important because they're counting on you. If you're in the house with young kids, Alicia was nine or ten when we started doing this. You find something that you both enjoy doing that they will still possibly enjoy when they get older. So to this day, and eventually when they start playing again, my daughter and I still go to Clipper games together one or two a year, even though she's a grown lady now and I am an elderly man. This is all 2004. Oh, my goodness. Man, we went a lot of times in 2004. Look at the number of tickets here. Uh, and we always sat in premier seats. And premier seats are pretty good. They're kind of like a mezzanine at Staples Center. They're a little cheaper, but they're nicer. Uh, they have, it has its own private entrance, and uh, they bring you food. So uh, Paul Whitney asks, any Maverick Clipper ticket steps from 1994? That would have been exciting. No, Paul Whitney, I don't. But I thought that my little discovery today was exciting. Hello, Kelly Wilson. Hello, Jim Perry. Old is new again. And by Shirley saying, hey, I found this box shoved someplace, and I think there's something in there you might want to share with the audience. And finding these ticket stubs, and look how cool they were, man. They were classy. See that? That was just for a regular game. That's what you got, okay? You got a ticket like that for a regular game. Uh, brings back wonderful memories and uh, makes me feel good inside. So you look around your house and see what you got that is old, that can be new again, and can flood you with good feelings. Um, and that's the other thing, is that after a while, this went by the wayside, didn't it? The ticket stub. The ticket stub went by the wayside. And then it was just printouts. And I've got a bunch of those. Uh, I still save some of those, where you just print a ticket on your printer, and it's ugly and weird, and it's just a barcode. Um, but sometimes these ticket stubs can bring back wonderful memories. And Bam. Cheryl McLean Shea says she is listening in. She's on ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com all the way from uh, the St. Louis, Missouri area. Hello, Cheryl. Randy Ioma says congratulations to Kevin. Uh, anyway, that is our little um, memento today, okay? And mementos, or even mentos, even if you eat a mento, eat a, a mento can make you feel good, but memento can make you feel wonderful. All right, we're congratulating Kevin Brown. I still not, I've got an announcement about my brother. And I, I, all right, okay. Uh, Lily, if you're watching, can we make this announcement? That's what we're asking. Uh, DJ Payne says, the Cardinals used to give out huge tickets for the club, club level, and my buddy's parents had a box at Sun Devil. We had lanyards with clear holders for the tickets, and they were awesome. Yeah, it made you feel cool, didn't it, DJ? Felt like a big shot. You had, a, you had one of these hanging around your neck. You know, and then, and then when you went out and got a hot dog and you came back and the usher wanted to check your ticket, you just went, or you went like this, right here, okay, right here. You just lifted it up, right here. So, uh, man, oh, man. So, um, when we go back to sporting events, and by the way, yesterday the NFL announced its entire schedule for the upcoming season. 
And um, I like the idea that they're moving forward in faith, that there will be an NFL season and they're going to figure out a way to do it. If it comes to pass that sporting events for the next few months or for the next season or so have to be played without any of us in the stands, I hope they still do it. Because the majority of us access this on television anyway. We watch it on television. If they can find a way to do it and keep the players safe, you know, if things uh, uh, become uh, mitigated to a point where they could do that and they've got rapid testing so they could test all these guys, uh, or there's enough of a treatment uh, and, you know, treatments are starting to come into the forefront every day. It's not going to be my Monday. I'm not going to go, oh, Monday, all right. Hey, there you go, I'm cured. It's not going to happen. It's not going to be as fast as we want. But it's not going to be as slow as some people think it is either. Uh, there's too much riding on it. I hope that if they have to play or they decide to play without fans in the stands, that they still do. Uh, a little announcement. I, I made an announcement yesterday that uh, one of the local comedy clubs, the House of Comedy, ran by uh, the wonderful Rick Bronson and his wife, Tammy, uh, was, uh, had now opened up their schedule. You know, And starting, I think, next week, we're going to have their first show with uh, ComedySchools.com alum, uh, Michael Longfellow. And it's going to be a social distancing show inside the club. They've changed it. Okay, it's different now. Now it's a drive-in show. I think they're going to do it outside. You'll be able to drive up with your car. And I guess they're going to have Mikey Mike on stage uh, talking to people, uh, you know, like a drive-in show, only with a live person. So, um, so I think it's a good idea. And Shirley and I are thinking about driving on down there, get ourselves a tub of popcorn. There'll be no bathrooms. So I'll have to, have to bring some sort of empty milk carton. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So we might go to it. You know, the drive-ins are over. People go to the drive-ins. There's no restrooms I hear at the drive-ins. There'll be no restrooms there. So I guess you strap on, strap on a set of Depends and enjoy the comedy show and then go home and rip them off. Hell, I don't know. Uh, DJ Payne said he liked them because he could get in anywhere. Club-level player. Uh, Abhinav Goyal said, how very British of you to say schedule that way. Schedule. Yes, I've always enjoyed a good British accent. Okay, let's get to the music. Once again, you can still vote. I'm going to tell you one more time. Uh, we added Jack Nicholson to the list today. We're up to eight of the coolest people ever. You still have a chance to vote for Dean Martin, Sean Connery, Charles Brunson, Billy Holiday, Muhammad Ali, Elvis, me or my brother, Buddy Rich, Richard Pryor, John Kenny, Bruce Lee, Samuel Jackson, Chuck Norris. Um, anybody who was in a James Bond movie, I'm going to take that one off. That's too vague. That's just too vague. Okay, Lauren Bacall, Sidney Poitier, Tina Turner, Catherine Hepburn, Denzel Washington, uh, Lenny Bruce or Bob Dylan. If we don't have a winner by Monday, I'm going to pick another winner on my own. If we don't have someone else who's had, gotten enough votes. Dean Martin's close with four votes. Okay? I'm not going to tell you how many votes it takes. Because then somebody goes, oh, i just vote for him twice and get it over with. But Dean Martin has the most votes of anyone on that list right now with four, cuatro. We've got two more spots available. Oh, Johnny Depp is also on the maybe list. So you can vote for that. All right, let's get to the music. I got some uh, stuff here that you've never heard of that you're going to love. This first one, very strange, very rare. Okay, but I'm going to open you up to a whole new world of music. And here it is. You see that? There you go, YouTubers. You see that? All right. Who is that? that is, this album is called Inside Dave Von Ronk. Okay? And that picture was taken in Greenwich Village 
when Greenwich Village was the epicenter of the folk music scene and Dave Von Runk was considered the bard. He was considered the guy. He was the guy. He was the big shot down in, the, in Greenwich Village during the burgeoning early 60s, 60, 61, 62 uh, folk music scene. Uh, on this, and, and he played all traditional folk songs. He played House Carpenter, House Carpenter, The Cruel Ship's Captain, Sprig of Time, Talking Cancer Blues, I Bide Me a Little Dog, a Lady Gay, Fair and Tender Ladies, Brian O'Lynn, Shanty Man's Life, Silver Dagger, Kentucky Moonshiner, and he never came back. Uh, and this actually came out in 1964. Okay, so Dave Rock is one of those very, very, very interesting guys in that he was much heralded and held in high regard by every folk music player in Greenwich Village. As a matter of fact, uh, if you ever see the Coen Brothers movie Inside uh, Lewin Davis, it's loosely based, and I mean loosely, on Dave Von Ronk. And what a perfect movie uh, dealing with that time. Uh, Dave Von Ronk was the guy that everybody thought was going to be a star. And then a young kid hitchhiked in from Minnesota, a young skinny kid with bad teeth, okay, and an odd voice named Robert Zimmerman. And Robert Zimmerman exploded out of the Greenwich Village folk uh, music. By the way, if Arthur Belkind was on, he could tell us about it because Arthur Belkind, a friend of ours, a funny comic here in town, uh, an older guy, older than me, uh, was there at the time. Says he remembers Bob Dylan playing on street corners. Exploded out of that scene and everybody else kind of uh, ended up like eating a lot of dust. I mean, there were some good players out of there. Uh, Peter, Paul, and Mary, Mimi Farina, uh, uh, God, who did Midnight at the Oasis? Who was that girl? Midnight at the Oasis. Maria Moldar was there. Dave Von Rock was supposed to be the guy, and he got left in the dust. And so many times, historically, we see in burgeoning creative scenes, the guy who everybody in the scene thinks is going to be a star end up being left by the wayside by the industry or the public. Uh, it's a great album. As a matter of fact, there's a great story on a documentary where they're interviewing Dave Von Ronk towards the end of his life. And he was not a bitter man. He'd had a good life. He made a living playing the guitar. Uh, and they were talking to him about House of the Rising Sun, uh, Bob Dylan's version on his first album, House of the Rising Sun. And he told the story. He goes, Bob came by, just a kid, comes by where I am. One day I'm having a beer. And he goes, hey, Dave, uh, do you mind if I re record your arrangement of House of the Rising Sun on my new album? And Dave Von Ronk said, I told Bob Dylan, well, Bob, I'm actually thinking about doing it on my own album. And Bob Dylan went, whoops. <laughs> Meaning, Bob Dylan had already done it. So he kind of took Dave Von Ronk's arrangement and did it on his first album. So uh, Dylan was a kid, and that's what he did. Dylan was a kid, and that was what he did. Uh, let me see. Glenn Roman says, do you have any Roger Whitaker? I might. I might. But I'm really going to have to dig around, Glenn. Uh, yeah, Maria Moldar. That's right. Uh, Cheryl McLean Shea. Yeah, she did. Yeah, that's right. Maria Moldar. Uh, they were all in that folk scene. Tom Paxton, Peter, Paul, and Mary. All of them. Dylan, of course, became Dylan. All right. Second album I'm going to recommend today. Once again, very esoteric, very rare. Never big stars in their own right. But that's where the cool stuff is sometimes, you guys. In the offbeat, in the, diff in the different... You know, and the person who didn't have the big top 10 pop hit. Sometimes the toughest thing is someone who has one big pop hit 
and then they keep chasing that their entire career. This lady was primarily a songwriter. And here's the album. Okay? Here's the album. And you probably have never heard of her. But this is Laura Nero. And this is... Uh, God, can I make up the... I can't even make up the uh, writing on it. Uh, New York... Tenderberry. New York Tenderberry. That's what it says. And look, and that... If you see that picture of her, that tells you everything. Can I get that in there? There we go. That tells you everything about her incredible songwriting. All right? So this album contains none of her uh, really top hits, I don't think. Let me pop it out here and take a look, and I'll tell you what's on here. Uh, you Don't Love Me When I Cry. What kind of site? Yeah, right there. Okay? Uh, Captain for Dark Mornings. Tomcat Goodbye. Mercy on Broadway. Save the Country. And on the other side, Gibson Street, Time in Love, The Man Who, the man who Sends Me Home, Sweet Love and Baby, Captain St. Lucifer, and New York Tenderberry, all by Laura Nero. So, yes. Okay. Uh, so, none of those are her hits, but this is still a great album. But here's what her hits were. Her hits were done by other people. All right? Uh, Eli's Coming by Three Dog Night was a Laura Nero song. Eli's coming, hide your heart, girl. Stunning piece of writing. Think about the complexity of that song, you know, in a sea of top 10 pop hits, Moon, June, Croon, Spoon, or, you know, End the War. Or, you know, boom, Eli's coming. Stunning song. And also one of my all-time favorites by Linda Ronstadt, Heart Like a Wheel. Some say the heart is just like a wheel. When you bend it, you cannot mend it. If you're looking for... Wonderful songwriting, soulful, introspective, that takes you to another level from someone you never heard of before. Check out Laura Nero. You'll be glad you did. So two really kind of offbeat ones. I'm going to hold them up because I'm proud of these. Laura Nero. Laura Nero. Dave Von Runk. Dave Von Runk. Both people very more important to the development of other artists than to their own development, but very important to you in your listening and uh, uh, your and uh, your listening pleasure. So uh, let me see here. You keep saying Jerry's commenting on my video. I just did something weird, and now I cannot track my comments. All right, Champ De Blasio. I don't know. He must be commenting on my other video. Maybe he's not commenting on the live video right now. Jerry, visit commented on your video. Jerry, I cannot see your comments. I don't know why. I don't know why. So I'm not going to make an announcement because I can't find the comments. Okay? So, so listen. Listen. Tomorrow, Saturday, we're not on at 2 p.m., ladies and gentlemen. We're on at 7 p.m. That's our Saturday night special. Saturday night special, 7 p.m. It's our stand-up comedy jubilee. Uh, it's not that we really do stand-up comedy. It's not really a jubilee, but that's what we named it. So special for you during this time of quarantine, a Saturday night show, absolutely free, Facebook Live, YouTube, and ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com. But then Sunday, I want you to buy a ticket. I'm going to post the link right after this. I'm going to want you to buy a little $10 ticket to see Tony Visick Presents Sunday Night's Funnier, our Mother's Day special show. Monday, uh, Sunday night, 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time with very funny comedian, uh, um, uh, very funny comedian, uh, Diane Miner, uh, with special guests, Manny the Soccer Dad Rosales, and Mr. Marriage himself, Joe Gannon. So show we're putting together for moms everywhere. 
Going to have a show just for you Sunday night. Tickets are only 10 bucks. Portions of the proceeds go to uh, support local food banks here in my area as well. Okay? Okay. I think I got to end. I think when I end, I'm going to find out that Jerry told me what to do and it somehow didn't show up on my screen. And I feel bad about that. Thank you for listening. Check out Dave on Rock, but especially check out Laura Nero. You will love her, guys. You will love her. Uh, see if you've got any cool stuff like this, like old ticket stubs around your house. Send me a picture of it. I'll try to get it up. Uh, show it on the show or show it on my Facebook page. For my wife, Shirley Lowe, who happens to be the producer of this program, uh, and myself, I want to thank you. What's that? Did I leave off the Visic? Yeah. I was just shooting by so fast. Shirley Lowe Visic. Man, that's, you know what? You end, you end the day with a screw up. Uh, I want to thank you for listening. We're going to be back tomorrow night, special edition, 7 o'clock, right here, right now. Hold on. Kevin, Bra- Kevin Brown said, why didn't the toilet paper cross the road? We'll end with this joke, Kev. Tell me the punchline because I got to go. Tell me the punchline because I got to go. Tell me the punchline, Kevin Brown. Why didn't the toilet paper cross the road? You know what? You guys are going to be able to read it right after the show. All right, we got to go. Thanks a lot. We're going to see you tomorrow night. Bye-bye. And then we'll know the punchline. Goodbye, YouTubers. I'll see you tomorrow.